Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show for Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. We're coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. It is another day in the coronavirus paradise. As we look around at the sport world and uh, bemoan the lack of any sort of sporting entertainment, there are, however, a lot of stories going on in the world of sports, despite the fact that there are no actual games going on right now, unless you uh, call Russian table tennis uh, a game or a sport worthy of following closely, although many sports bettors are finding that that is a place at which they can wager their money. Uh, but today we've got some uh, great topics to get to, and I'll be joined just after the break by my good friend and co-host, Kartik Krishnaya, who comes out of self-imposed isolation and is ready to talk. We're going to talk England. Who is likely to survive this? Lots of stories about the devastation that this pandemic is, re- is, uh, is imposing on the lower leagues of English football. We can talk about the Premier League all we want, but if you look down at the Championship and League One and League Two, it is devastating. And if you go further down the pyramid, and of course they do actually have a pyramid in England, uh, you will see that many clubs will not come out of this pandemic in one piece. Let's also talk a little bit about Spain, Italy, and Germany, uh, the three uh, big UEFA countries. Each one has their own issues. Each one has their own predictions about when they'll start. Spain setting a very early date of May the 1st. That is not going to happen. I'll tell you that right now. You can go bet at betonline.ag. That is not going to happen. And finally, we're going to talk about a story that is uh, raising its head once again. Uh, corruption and FIFA, as the FBI just come, has just come out with a series of fresh indictments against people regarding the bidding for the 2018 and 2022 World Cup. Those are the topics on the table today. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter at Nagiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. I'm going to step aside, take a break. Going to find Kartik out there. We're going to rope him in electronically and we'll drop him in the show with us next segment. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nakiba. Great to be with you. And I have to tell you, you know, I am super excited about a new sponsor for our show. Styles changing, formal wear is out, and if you're hanging out around your house with this lockdown in effect, you know that you are wearing a lot of T-shirts and probably your undies, but I can tell you, T-shirts, they're absolutely in. Look, true classic tees, Hands down my favorite. It's a company based in L.A., and it's a T-shirt that's on the rise. Their T-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're incredibly incredibly versatile. Look, you could wear them out. If you're going to go take your trash out for your once-a-week public appearance, wear your your new T-shirt from True Classic Tees. You could wear them out. You can wear them to work. You can wear them around the house. Best part is they're incredibly cheap. They're only 15 bucks a piece, and you can now get them for even less Go to trueclassictees.com, use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V for 20% off. That's Believe, 
B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com and hang out around the house in some style. Well, a man who is always in style uh, joins me on the show, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, uh, thanks for staying with us here. Yeah, great to be uh, back, Nick. Yes, good to be back. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kartik, you said, I'll be back, and you have been. And it's good to have you back. Let's talk about England, Kartik. Other than the fact that we've got a couple of footballers, Kyle Walker and Jack Grealish, who have just been behaving, well, badly, I guess, if you want to think about responsibility, probably behaving as sort of early 20s millionaires, uh, athletes with a great big libido and uh, nothing to do. Uh, but they have been partying with some ladies of ill repute, apparently, Kartik. Yeah, and, and in the case of uh, Grealish, he apologized. In the case of Walker, I guess he's going to get uh, the book thrown at him by Manchester City. It just seems so socially um, unaware and, and, and reinforces this notion that particularly British footballers in their 20s have some sort of distance from society as a whole and reinforces all sorts of negative stereotypes about the game. But um, there's more to more than just those two that are reinforcing negative stereotypes sure. about modern football. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's get off this because I did a whole show uh, yesterday about uh, English footballers being tone deaf. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about something that's really uh, much more important than the bad behavior of a couple of kids. Let's talk about the impact that this shutdown is having on not so much the Premier League teams, although it will have an impact on many of the Premier League teams. But let's go down the Football League, Kartik, and talk yeah. about the impact. Like I saw Sunderland just laid off a bunch of players. Uh, what about other teams that have been really iffy in terms of their finances, particularly down in the Championship and the Football League? W what do you think the casualty count is going to be at the end of this, Kartik? And do you think the FA and the Premier League are doing enough in terms of making money available? I know FIFA said they were going to open their coffers to football clubs in trouble. Uh, but is there enough money out there to save the system? I don't think there is, but still, I would say the FA and Premier League are not doing enough. Uh, they uh, put a, a little bit of money into lower division clubs last week, and I actually tweeted it right away once the Premier League had its press release. That's the least they can do. That's a drop in the bucket. So I, I, I think if they were willing to share some of the TV money with uh, lower division clubs, particularly the ones in need, the ones that have not been in the Premier League recently and are not getting parachute payments, that would be uh, – uh, Prefer, uh, good. Now, Sunderland is a club that has been in the Premier League recently for a long time. They had yep. a 10-year run or so in the league. And if uh, I might add, been, got uh, relegated with one of the lowest point totals in Premier League history. Yes, and they um, they have not been a particularly well-run club. I, I give them a lot of credit for opening their doors for uh, this Netflix documentary that I think we've all probably binged on in the last week. But um, you can even see in that documentary, it's a club with... Uh, which had um, a financial uh, a financial structure, a financial model which was stretched. They had an owner that was uh, based in Florida who wrote a lot of checks uh, and uh, uh, self-sustained the club. Ellis Short, he then sold the club mm -hmm. uh, to Stuart Donald, who does not seem willing, who seems to be a spendthrift. And we see that very clearly in the documentary. They didn't get promoted last season. They lost in the playoff final to Lee Boyers Charlton. This season, uh, th uh, they were struggling. Then Phil Parkinson came in. They played well since then. But now we're uh, in a in a uh, uh, in, in a pause. So we're not sure if they're going to get back up this season. So now I think they've begun to follow that kind of fiscal discipline their new owner has and lay off people. There are a number of other clubs, uh, some in the Midlands, some in the North, a few in in. Uh, Greater Manchester, like Oldham, that are really struggling financially with this shutdown. 
I think there are going to be clubs that fail. I, I don't have a definitive number from England. I have talked to sources in Germany who tell me if something isn't done, and let's face it, in Germany they're a little more generous. The Bundesliga one clubs are more generous in, right. in, than the Premier League clubs. Uh, that there might only be 18 to 20 professional clubs left in Germany. If they really? Don't, uh, do, yeah. Because um, they're losing out on all the TV money and the gate revenues. Well, that's if they don't. If that that's actually if they don't resume the season. And I know we're going to talk about it in the in uh, um, the ne- the next segment about the uh, German league, about the Bundesliga resuming and uh, maybe forcing a resumption early. But if they do resume the season, that's not a problem. But if they don't, uh, that was a doomsday scenario. What he told me, I would think it would be really somewhere between. Um, Four, 30 and 40 teams that would survive in Germany. In England, there are a lot of clubs living on the edge, Nick, already. Uh, we see clubs that have um, overspent. We have we see clubs that have uh, have taken on a lot of debt, and we also see a lot of clubs that have, um, that have pushed for promotion, not made it, and then had serious financial problems. I mean, even clubs like right. Yeovil come to town, so uh, come to mind. So I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be really bad. And the big, the bottom line is the Premier League and the FA need to step in and do something. And I would add, just uh, the, in the U.S., the same thing might happen. So if the U, if U.S. soccer uh, does not want to spend that surplus to help lower division teams get through this, shame on them. Yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, th- we're going to talk about this on another day. We're going to actually take a whole day, Carter, and do uh, a full show on what's happening in the U.S. and the response. But I think if we look at the U.S., we have to look down at, at leagues like the US, USL, which I think is probably the most exposed league, more so than uh, NPSL or the sort of the leagues below that, yeah. because USL has some fairly high maintenance requirements as a league in terms of stadium side leases you have to have player contracts that you have to be on. Of course, they have large franchise fees and annual payments. This could be a devastating blow for USL. Um, and I'm not sure as much as I have my issues with USL Kartik, I don't think that's helpful at all to the pyramid here in the United States. Not that we have a pyramid, by the way. We do not. We have a bunch of different leagues. But I don't think that that is helpful to USL and to, uh, let's say, minor league soccer at all. No, I think it would be very devastating for the sport in the U.S. I, I agree with you. I think NPSL teams, NPSL, because they made the the tough decision, but the wise decision to just abort their season completely. Right. Uh, if you haven't heard, the NPSL has canceled their season. So um, those teams were able to get, and, I, and I'm in touch with a number of, of those clubs, out of any kind of stadium lease, any sort of other um, staffing arrangements that they had made because their season hadn't started. Their season was about to start, by the way. When the plug was pulled, they were we were about a week or two away from the start of the NPSL season. So um, the timing worked out. They ma- made the decision a few weeks later just to abort. Uh, USL clubs did begin their season. They have stadium leases. They have player contracts. They usually rent facilities. They rent training facilities. They do not have any revenue coming in currently. They do not have a TV deal. I know they're on ESPN, but it's basically a barter deal. They're not getting really a rights fee for that. So they have um, an even greater problem. I mean, their problem is probably a lot like League One and League, League Two in England fairly similar other than in league one and league two a lot of those clubs do control their grounds others don't uh but i i really fear for usl this is going to be very difficult for them and that is again why u.s soccer needs to help out uh jake edwards and alec papadakis in tampa maybe write them a check 
or do something to get them through this. All right. Well, Kartik, we're going to have to talk about that another day. I think that's a whole show on the impact that the shutdown has on Major League Soccer. Uh, in the meantime, always great to have you back with me. Nick Eber and Kartik Krishnaya with you here on Fifth Street Soccer, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. He's at KKFLA 737. We will be right back after this. All right, welcome to the, back to Fist Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. And look, while you're waiting uh, this uh, terrible coronavirus plague, while you're waiting this out at home, you know, you get to listen to Fist Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag, Monday through Friday at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. But if you're just missing that sports betting action, you can still have some fun betting at home on BetOnline.ag. I know there's no NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and you might think there's nothing to bet on, but BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And look, sports aren't totally done. There's eSports, there's American Idol, there's Big Brother, there's the elections. Of course, don't forget that spelling bee, and of course, the $750,000 poker series and their blackjack room is open. They're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag. Use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, Once again, that's betonline.ag. Use promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experience. All right. Um, Lots to get to. It's great fun that I get to welcome back in this very trying time, my co-host, a man who's been uh, conspicuous in his absence uh, these last few months, uh, Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, welcome back to the show. Well, great to be back with you, Nick, and so much happening in the world. Just hope everybody's staying safe. Uh, it has been a crazy time. Yeah, it, it, it really has. It's been uh, uh, surreal. And um, for us football fans, of course, Kartik, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. You know, I said, look, where were you in December? I mean, back in December, I was, uh, you know, engaged to be married. The uh, Premier League season was just reaching its sort of uh, 2019 climax just before everybody broke for their winter break. Liverpool were on a tear. It was a, you know, they were running away. Were they going to lose a game? Were they not going to lose a game? Uh, The relegation battle was ongoing. The Champions League was on everybody's mind as it was getting ready to restart. And then who'd have thought three months later we would be where we are, Kartik? Well, it's just madness. You know, I... I also have regretted, and I was on a, another program last week with uh, our old friend Gaza Richards, Kerry Richards, and competitive title race in recent years in Germany and Italy. So it just figures in two countries where generally the same team wins the title every year. Now we have a title race, something like this would happen, right? The apocalypse, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, and same thing with Liverpool winning a title, right? Because that hasn't happened in, in, in forever. And, and those two leagues haven't been competitive in forever. Uh, uh, just uh, weird. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is surreal to say the least. But look, let's talk about uh, what's happening around other parts of Europe outside of just uh, the UK. 
Uh, let's talk about La Liga, Serie A, and the Bundesliga. And the Bundesliga making some noises, Kartik, that they may want to start up again fairly soon. Uh, and I know today the head of uh, Serie A, uh, pardon me, of La Liga, was talking about sometime end of May. But, you know, Kartik, the more I look around these countries and the devastation that has been wrought in these locations, uh, the less I believe this is, uh, this is ever going to happen. I'd be surprised if we see a Serie A season until next year. And I would follow up in saying I, I pretty much think the same way about uh, La Liga. Yeah, so I think uh, Germany is in a different place than those two countries. Uh, Germany, I've just mentioned, we have an exciting title race. There are basically five teams uh, within about uh, five or six points at the top. Bayern at the top, but uh, Leipzig and, and Dortmund. And Dortmund with Haaland, who is now the great revelation, right, in world football these last six months. Oh, sure. The great star. Yeah, um, on their heels. So that's kind of a season we want to see restarted from a football perspective. But let's take the football out of this for a minute. Germany has a lower mortality rate and a lower rate of per capita cases than the rest of Western Europe. However, I just think it's inadvisable for them to have these clubs back in training and, and aiming at an early May start date. We're not through this yet. And Unfortunately, gathering players uh, and staff in, in, in that kind of environment, and this was my concern about the Premier League and, and, as well, uh, and we're going to talk about the Premier League later in the show, Nick, is, uh, is very, very dangerous uh, health-wise given this circumstance. Now, in terms of Italy and Spain, I don't think either can restart. I, I think maybe in order to determine the title in Italy, if they can somehow get a one-off playoff match between Lazio and Juventus done, um, that would be wonderful, and they could award a title based on the winner of that match. If not, they just have to scrap the season. I, I, I think, and, and then I haven't even thought about relegation and, and who qualifies for for Europe. Atalanta is a couple points clear in fourth place. I think maybe you you keep the top four that are now the top four for Europe next year, and if you can have that one off game for the championship between Lazio and Juventus, um, maybe let Juventus host because I think they're a point or two ahead of them now. Um, maybe you do that. I, I, if you can get that game in. I don't even know if you can do that, given the situation the country's in. Same thing in Spain. Maybe they can get a one-off game between Real Madrid and, and Barcelona. Uh, I don't know what they do with their Champions League spots at Letty, who are into the final eight of the Champions League, are also sitting sixth in right. La Liga. So as of now, they wouldn't qualify for next year unless they win the Champions League, which we don't know if that's going to resume. So... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think these those leagues can resume safely, honestly. Well, you know, um, for everything that I'm reading and hearing, it seems to me like the the, the, the immediate casualties, the the final casualties. Or no, let let me rephrase that. The definitive casualties so far are going to be the Champions League and the Europa League because I believe FIFA, uh, pardon me, UEFA is getting ready to actually void those tournaments for this year from everything that I'm reading. And they're doing that to defer back to the European leagues to give them the time that they need if they can to complete their seasons. So it would seem those are going to be the first confirmed casualties of the 2019-2020 season. Yeah, the only uh, caveat there is that there's still talk of them finishing the, the Champions League uh, in a one-week tournament that would be held at a neutral site with uh, the quarterfinals, one-off games, quarterfinals, semifinals, and final in order to, to fulfill their TV obligations. They'd still have to get the second leg of Bayern-Chelsea done. Bayern's going to win, right? They're already up 3-0. Right. At, and at, they won 3-0 at the bridge. The other three are all complicated because they're Italian or Spanish teams in them. The other thing that um, that 
worries me and kind of upsets me is Atalanta. What a great story they've been with a, a team full of journeyman players uh, punching above their weight, uh, winning in the Champions League. They're now right. in the final eight. They're in the quarterfinals. They're sitting fourth in Serie A. Look like they're going to qualify again. Um, their season potentially being voided for not. Um, but, Nick, we have to mention this, and this is why football is so dangerous. It appears like Valencia and Atalanta having that Champions League tie. Yes, it was in front of closed doors. Yeah. But they had that tie, that second leg, may have spread the virus from one set of players to another. Right. Because there have been reported cases on both teams and uh, and staff, etc. Because there's still staff at the game. Don't forget, it's not just the players and coaches. It's staff, uh, uh, operation staff, etc. Nick, you know a thing or two about running an event, running a soccer sure. game. and. Um, Unfortunately, having that second leg, which remember was in front of closed doors, so we thought it was safe, was not really safe because there's still 50, 100, 150 people there. Well, we'll have to see what happens, Kartik. But um, so you and I are in agreement then. We think La Liga and Serie A are likely to scrap the seasons, whether or not they yes. uh, crown a champion or not. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I believe firmly that uh, the Champions League and Europa League w won't happen. I'll tell you why, Kartik, because you can't just have a one-week tournament where everyone's playing all these games. These are players that aren't in shape. They aren't conditioned. They're going to need some sort of a preseason camp or some sort of training camp to happen. And I just think we're running out of time. Yeah, and then you're going to get uh, more injuries, too, if, if you play without training, and then a, a possibly more clunkiness, more uh, not just injuries, but then that potentially spreads the virus. Like I said, and I think it's been forgotten now because we were so alarmed the day, the few, first few days and in panic stages, and there was a lot of talk about that Valencia Atalanta second leg that was played in Spain, Atalanta being an Italian team whose season had already been right. shuttered, right? Traveling to Spain when Spain is about a week or two behind Italy in terms of their outbreak and playing that second leg, having won the first like five, one or something, right. There was, they end up winning on aggregate, like nine, two, there was no reason really to play the second leg if you're honest right. about it. Um, but that's helped spread the virus. Um, supposedly in, 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 um, in, in Valencia among their team and, and in their community. So, uh, it, it's inadvisable. I mean, to, to, to do that. And then this, uh, we'll talk about the premier league, obviously in the next segment, but they, uh, they also have been saying uh, some strange things and some things that really need to be debunked. Well, Kartik, we've got just a couple of minutes left here. Um, let's get back to this if we can. So the, the we're talking about, we haven't really discussed Germany very much, and uh, there's been some discussion yeah. that they would like to resume the season. They seem to have their uh, outbreak so supposedly under control. Um, you know, is it possible that the Bundesliga will be the only season to complete? Yeah, keep in mind that they uh, they have about seven or eight matches left, uh, their fixtures. They can just scrap uh, the German Cup. I don't think anyone's going to miss that. Uh, Leipzig and Dort – well, Dortmund is out of Champions League. Leipzig very much alive, probably one of the favorites to win the tournament. Uh, Bayern very much alive. But if th there's no Champions League, I think it'll be easier for them to finish because uh, I think both those teams, Leipzig and Dortmund uh, – sorry, Leipzig and uh, Bayern could go to the finals of Champions League. So if they – resume Champions League, they may not finish the Bundesliga season. So it's an it's an either or at this that's, point. Even if the Bundesliga right. resumes, I think that's part of the problem, right? And that's what I'm talking about, Kartik. Listen, it's always great to get your opinions. Great to have you back with me, Kartik, here on Fifth Street Soccer, presented by betonline.ag. You can find us Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, 
right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. And if you miss any part of the show, you can find us immediately following it at our podcast network. That is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Just search for Fifth Street Soccer and you will find us there. And of course, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Kartik is at KKFLA737. We'll be right back after this. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll Welcome back to the show. The Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Also, on one of our many digital platforms, iHeartRadio. Tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you, along with my good friend and co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. Uh, Kartik, uh, you know, in the middle of this uh, pandemic situation, of course, it's funny to hear sex and drugs and rock and roll because, you know, I know that is your theme song, first of all, Kartik. And, <laughs> uh, and second of all, as we're all stuck in our homes, uh, counting down the days that we can get back to our lives of sex and drugs and rock and roll, uh, just like the old days, it's almost, uh, even though we're in isolation here, some things never change, Kartik. What do they say? It's deja vu all over again. Uh, the news coming out, the FBI indicting more FIFA officials about the bribery around the 2018 World Cup in Russia, which has obviously passed, and the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Kartik, uh, the, <laughs> the depths of depravity and greed no, no bounds. And for those of us that knew all along that something smelt really bad the minute the name Doha Cutter came out of that envelope, uh, this is just furthering what we've known all along, that uh, something is very, very, very rotten in the state of, I suppose we should say, Switzerland. Yeah, and you know what's really quite bizarre uh, about all of this now is that we're finding that there were bribes involved with television companies as well. Fox. Uh, to to brought yeah, with Fox specifically here in the U.S. to uh, to uh, broadcast uh, the World Cup. So FIFA is available at the highest bidder, even uh, in terms of how they uh, they handled the television bids from the U.S. I have to say, and I and. and We've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about this ever on this show. I've talked about it in other places. I I had a background, a conversation on background, so I can report a little bit of it, but not who who, who it was with, about NBC, when NBC had actually uh, banked the highest bid with FIFA for the 2000 NBC Universal for the 2006 and 2010, and I believe 2014 World Cups. Or maybe it was just 10 and 14. And at the time, NBC didn't show, they didn't have the Premier League rights yet. They didn't show MLS. They didn't show uh, anything other than Olympic soccer, I guess. Um, Chuck Blazer, who is infamous, intervened with FIFA to have them reverse the award uh, of the rights to NBC and give it to ESPN because ESPN and ABC, because they broadcast Major League Soccer. And they did some sort of deal through some. To make that happen so even 
um, in 2006 or 2005 when the award was given for the 10 and 14 World Cups, the previous right cycle when ESPN had it, there was funny business going on. And um, the person at NBC who, who had this conversation with me told me, look, they would probably never deal with again because of it, because they had actually tabled the high bid. Um, and they had found other entities in the sport much more honest. They tabled the high bid for the Premier League. They got the rights, even though Fox and right. ESPN were the incumbents. So um, FIFA has been doing this even before the Russian Cutter thing. But I think uh, the the specter of um, of Roman Abramovich taking uh, uh, Sepp Blatter to dinner uh, with Putin the night before uh, the vote and and those sorts of things just took this well, all out into the open. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but but I mean, Kartik, what about uh, um, the uh, the uh, the French uh, president? Uh, who I remember Sarkozy, remember. yeah, yeah, he had a Sarkozy, deal in yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Sarkozy and uh, and uh, Platini and the head of Doha? Son? Yeah, Platini's son meeting with the head of uh, with the Qatari Crown Prince uh, and the head of B in Sport just before they announced the acquisition of PSG, which of course was Sarkozy's <laughs> team, and then and then yes. Platini switching his vote last minute to Qatar. Uh, you know, Platini's has uh, been shamed, which is which is a sh- it is in fact a shame because he was truly a great player in his day. Uh, one of the greats, yeah. I would say, of the game. But, you know, he shamed himself with this sort of unabashed greed. Uh, it, it's, it really is like there's a sense of entitlement amongst the top 1% of people that are working in FIFA, surprise, surprise, uh, who think that no, all the money is theirs. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think the Platini thing is particularly heartbreaking for us, Nick, because we thought... It was all these suits and all these bankers and all these uh, horrible uh, Swiss executives that were making FIFA corrupt. And we believe putting a footballer, an actual yeah, great right. footballer, one of the 10 or 15 greatest players of all time in a position of power would change the game. In fact, he just got taken in by them and started behaving like them. That's what happened. Or, or was he, he like that be beforehand, Kartik? I mean, we just don't know, no, maybe right? Maybe he was. I mean, maybe, maybe that's why they I mean, put him all, up. Maybe he was their man. Maybe he was their man all along. I mean, who knows? All I yeah. can tell you is he's still suffering his ban from football. I believe he's got another five years on it or something like that. Yep, uh, yep. But, but, you know, and we... Uh, we are going to do a show on the situation here in the United States, uh, but this is where it begins to cross over because the FBI, in investigating FIFA, uses a set of tools and it, because of the status of the sport here in this country, where it is not sacrosanct, it is not the national pastime, it is treated with the same scrutiny as any other business entity. So when it comes to glad-handing, bribery, illegal doing, monopolization, uh, you know, uh, violations of the Wire Act, they are, they do not have the sort of immunity that they would have, uh, both in terms of public opinion and in terms of government's disdain and, 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 uh, and shall we say, hesitation to put their hand into this problem and fix it. The FBI and the United States government have no such qualms. No. Uh, so, because football hasn't been traditionally the biggest sport here, they're not going to pull any punches. And if you uh, cross the line, you probably will get caught. And the thing that was, uh, and, and it's funny, I should have had some heads up that there would be something like this go down. I remember walking 
um, with a with a colleague in soccer in 2012 uh, to a restaurant in Miami, and we passed some some bank in the in the financial district of of, of uh, the Brickell section of Miami, and he turned to me and said, "You know, that's where Leeds United washes their money. That's where Ken Bates puts his money." Hmm. And I thought. Why would he be dumb enough to put his money in the United States when we know Ken Bates? We, we all know why. Anyone listening to the show knows why Ken Bates is. But these people, these thieves, like the Ken Bates of the world and all these characters in FIFA were dumb enough to use the U.S. banking system to yep. wash their money. That's why they got caught. And um, I think that this, there, there's no limit to this because they were dumb enough. I guess they had to use the U.S. financial system to move their money uh, across borders, which was uh, the danger they got into. And, and uh, they didn't they didn't want to use Chinese banks or, or, or whatever. Maybe if they had, they wouldn't have gotten caught or maybe they would have been nailed earlier. <laughs> right. right. Um, I'm not sure what the Chinese relationship with FIFA is. I, I think the Russians obviously have a close relationship with them, but they don't have a, a, a great banking system. It would really be China, Japan, or the U.S., right? Really? Right. Um, so they, they got caught, and the DOJ and, and FBI have no qualms about busting these people. None whatsoever. And so, uh, you know, look, we knew about Chuck Blazer. We knew about Conmebol, uh, pardon me, CONCACAF's, uh, you know, corruption. Uh, but I guess, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, it was really the issue here is the fact that now um, Conmebol have been uh, dragged further into this than they were before. And of course, yeah. uh, you know, it's looking really, really bad for Qatar. I mean, it's clear you have to be a complete moron to not realize these guys bribed their way to getting these bids. And the fact is, we're still going to hold the World Cup in Doha despite this, Kartik? I mean, at what point do you think they reevaluate this, or do you think they reevaluate this at all? Well, if they don't do it right now, then they never will, because let's face it, uh, we have a break in football now. We have calendars that are going to change, right? We have right. Uh, the fact that Serie A and uh, La Liga are probably not going to finish their seasons. Who knows when La Liga and Serie A begin the next season? Uh, who knows when Major League Soccer resumes? Uh, the Bundesliga and Premier League seem to be uh, uh, charting a, a more reckless course, but who knows if, if those two leagues really uh, are, are get back on schedule. So if they don't, um, we are in a position where um, the whole calendar is being blown up anyway, so why not reevaluate a World Cup bid, right? Everything well, yeah, else right. is changing. Well, I mean, so, I, and, and, and of course, is how is, and how is it going to affect qualifying? I mean, because look... Um, if now what you're going to have is a situation where the Euros are going to move to 2021, uh, what are you going to do yeah. for qualifying? You've still got to qualify the Euros, up. and you've still got to qualify the World Cup. Right, right. And uh, that's in Europe, and obviously Copa has moved to 2021, so South America right. qualifying. I don't know how they get it done. I think now you're looking potentially at having to move that World Cup to 2023 anyway. Well, it right? was basically so going to be in 2023, case, wasn't it? I mean, it was December 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, but again, they can't move it to the summer. It's too hot. If they move it to 2023, it's going to have to go in December 2023. I think they need to strip uh, Qatar of the World Cup for the obvious crime of bribing. You know, again, and, and I've been I've been mixed on this, Kartik, because... Uh, I believe 
that the problem wasn't Qatar, it was the system and it was FIFA, where clearly bribing your way to getting a World Cup bid was the way it was done. But, you know, this is so brazen, so in your face, and uh, the fact that they couldn't then hold the World Cup during the summer, Kartik, I think that that in and of itself is reason to just dump it. Yeah, and there's a couple of African nations in January. I assume that'll go on as scheduled, uh, but it, it, but they're losing qualifying gates. So because of that, Africa, I don't know if they'll qualify, get the qualifying done either. The only group, place we know will get the qualifying done is CONCACAF because they'll do whatever it takes to get the U.S. and Mexico in. So they'll, <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll just do it based on FIFA rankings, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, but, but I think the rest of the world is going to have a hard time getting qualifying done now. So that puts FIFA in a position where they could reevaluate this and they could say, okay, we want to clean up this, uh, this body. But it seems like Infantino, if anything, maybe even worse than Bladder. He's, um, he's aligned himself, and we're going to talk about this in another show, but he's aligned himself very closely with uh, uh, U.S. soccer. He's aligned himself with uh, with the uh, sponsors from the Middle East. What's happened yeah. during Infantino's tenure is uh, the traditional sponsors of FIFA from uh, the UK, from Germany, from France, from the Netherlands. They've all backed out. They're no longer FIFA sponsors. And instead, he's gone to the Middle East and gone to the United States and found corporate sponsors who were less offended by FIFA for whatever yeah. reason. So I think there's pretty much like a Europe versus the rest of the world thing going on. Yeah, uh, Western really, Europe, I should say. Well, that's right. But I mean, it was it was the support of the non-European countries that got Infantino elected to begin with. Keep that in mind. Correct. Those correct. are people that's that he why. pandered, shamelessly yeah. pandered to. Um, uh, you know, he is possibly a little bit more transparent than Blatter was, but I'm not sure that the corruption at FIFA has been rooted out. I, look, I don't have any proof of this, uh, but it would seem to me that it's just normal business has been resumed. All right, Nick Eber and Kartik Krishnai with you here on Fifth Street Soccer. You can Find us here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, uh, right here on these networks. And if you've missed any part of the show, we invite you to go to our podcast network. That's B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcast Network, and find our show, which is available on that network immediately on its conclusion. All right, I will be right back to wrap it up. Kartik, thanks so much. Uh, we'll chat to you later for Street Soccer. Presented by BetOnline.ag. All right, a little whiskey in the jar. If you're sitting home uh, listening to this show, I know you could uh, use a little whiskey in the jar. Here in Las Vegas, they've just... Uh, ease the liquor restrictions for restaurants, some of which have liquor licenses, some of which don't, some of whom don't, and they've uh, allowed some of these restaurants to start selling liquor with their to-go orders, which is very nice if you're trying to, you know, make something of a night in, shall we say, to be able to go and pick up a little drinky-poo along with your food. Always a good thing. Uh, listen, hope you enjoyed the show. It's great to have Kartik back. We'll be having Kartik back a lot more in the days and weeks to come on this show. And we are with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. And, of course, uh, also uh, coming to you live on the American Forces Network, 
iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and the award-winning SiriusXM app. Those are all the places we're at. We're in a lot of locations for you. And if you've missed any part of this show, or as soon as it's over, you can find us on our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. All you have to do is search for um, Fifth Street Soccer, uh, brought to you by betonline.ag. And just a reminder, folks, please support our sponsors, uh, Clean Tacit, Clean Classic Tees, of course, and betonline.ag if you want to bet on some uh, Russian table tennis, American Idol, um, the elections, the spelling bee. Of course, they've got a fabulous poker room and a great back uh, and a great uh, blackjack room as well. Uh, all at betonline.ag. Head over there, use promo code POD100. Uh, my POD100 is the promo code at betonline. Uh, encourage you uh, to. Use it, MyPod100. All right, uh, that is just about going to wrap up the show for me today. Uh, just a reminder to join me tomorrow for more of the same. We'll be talking more global football Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. This has been Fist Street Soccer. I'm your host, Nick Eber. I want to thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay well lubricated, if you know what I mean. Have fun, as much fun as you can. And let's all count down the days till our life goes back to normal. Cheers. Speak to you tomorrow. Drop my truck midway to the motorway station. Fairlink was coming up on the left-hand side. Headlight shining, driving rain on the winter frame. Little young lady started stitching her ride. And it's a two, four, six, eight, and it's too late. Me and my radio fucking on through the night. Three, five, seven, nine, on the white line. Motorway sun coming up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.